Alrighty, welcome back now to the JMO Sports Podcast. This is the 76th episode about March Madness. Um, in today's episode, we will be going over the history of March Madness and then also going over the teams with the most wins. So let's get on into the first topic, which is the history of March Madness. Alrighty, we're now into the first topic, which is the history of March Madness. For those who don't know, the NCAA Division One men's—it's a Division One men's basketball, also known and branded as the NCAA March Madness—and basically, it is a single elimination tournament played in played normally in the spring. Currently, with 68 teams all trying to be national champions. Um, the tournament teams include champions of the 32 D1 conferences and 36 teams, uh, which are awarded large bursts. Um, the tournaments are, um, or has been uh, at least partially televised on network television since 1969. Um, CBS, TBS, TNT, and True TV are the ones who broadcast the tournament. And um, their contracts normally go f- um, for about 14 years, and they uh, they paid 10.8 billion dollars. But in 2018, um, the contract was extended for another seven years, and the payment was over over the years would be 80 uh, 891 million dollars, which I, I don't see how. Of course, these networks are, are getting that much money. So really, it's like you can't really say anything about that one, but it's just it's crazy that <laughs> to see that much money going into something like this. But I'm like, I guess it's just like with the amount of people watching it and the amount amount of people probably have to pay to watch it and pay to go to the games and stuff like that. I guess it's just you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. I guess because um, that's the only thing that makes sense in that situation. Um, and then the rounds of March Madness um, consist of the first four, which is the lowest ranked teams, which are basically trying to fight for um, their spot. Like the four teams that were right there on the cutoff line, um, the, were right below the cutoff line. Um, and those are the four teams that are trying to get into the spot. Um, and then they get in. Uh, the one, one of the one of the uh, they basically. Two sets of teams for the the West, the South, the uh, the East, and then the Midwest, um, and then one of those teams from each of those four um, will make it into the to the tournament. Um, and then you got the first round, or better known as the round of sixty-four, um, which that's when you got like thirty-two conference champions plus thirty-six. Um, Teams that were awarded in that into the uh, comp or the championship. Um, then you've got the second round, which is better or better known as the round of 32, which is the winners of the first round will move on into that ra- uh, that next round. Um, the regional semi uh, semifinals, which is or better known as the Sweet 16, um, will be the team the uh, the 
best teams of the second round. Um, and then you've got the regional finals, or better known as the Elite Eight. Um, you got the two best teams of those uh, little uh, regional areas that they have, and then they go from there. And then you've got the national semifinals, or better known as the final four, the four teams that are vying to get to that national championship game. They're one step away, and they have to win that uh, win that game in order to make it to the final championship. And then last but certainly not least, you got the national championship game. Two teams vying for one opportunity to become to call themselves national champions. Um, and a little history about it, or well, I'm already giving you history actually. <laughs> but the tournament was created in 1939, so we've been doing this for, from 1939 all the way to 2022. Which is crazy. But like I said, it was created in 1939 by the National Association of Basketball Coaches and was the idea of Ohio State coach Harold Olson. Um, so it's crazy to think that we've been doing this tournament for this long and it's still going on today and it will continue to go on. Now, we had a couple couple times where, um, where basically the uh, we had to cancel it like back in... Uh, couple years ago with COVID we had to we had to cancel it then so because of um, because of COVID not too many people could be in the same room like that and we couldn't we couldn't do what basically what the NBA was doing and have all that uh, or well we probably could have done what the NBA did with the um, like they're all in one building but the team uh, there's like no fans and it's all like virtual I feel like we could have done that but I think it's just the NCAA doesn't make as enough money like the NBA does because the NBA is bringing in money. It feels like every single every single second. Um, but it's like I still they I feel like they could still could have done something like that. Maybe not do the virtual fan situation, but at least you still could have televised it and just had no fans in the stadium. And it's like, of course, NCAA basketball football or anything like that is better with fans that's like when we hadn't when there was like very limited college football fans in the stands it was it was crazy I'm like I, I couldn't I couldn't take it because it was like it's you go to a game you get the you get the big reaction of the fans it's like it brings the whole different um what's I don't even know what the word is but different feeling to to the game than just it being the players out there, because it being the players out there, that's like going playing church ball in your parking lot, throwing the football around. You get no fans, nobody cheering for you, which is still fun because you're playing with your friends and stuff like that. But when it comes to NCAA football, it's it's just it gives a whole different feeling to it when you're having fans and out there and then give, giving that big roar of the crowd and everything. It's just that's the one thing that like. It was it was a thing to miss at that time, and when they didn't do the March Madness thing, it was kind of weird because like normally around this time, it was um, like everybody's filling out their brackets, going crazy of oh who's gonna win this one, who's gonna win that one, who's gonna go all the way, and and some people were even betting on it. And I'm like I'm not one of those people. I don't have that much money to where I'm gonna go betting on it. But that's just me. Um. 
but yeah, but that's just kind of like a little history of March Madness. Um, now we're going to head on to the second topic, which is just um, the winners of the tournament. We're now into the second topic of today's episode, which is just the winners of the tournament. This one's going to be a little short one, but I'm going to I'm, I'm going to try to kind of bring it out as long as possible, but not really. Um, and there's a lot of teams with the same amount of wins, so I'm, I'm going to go over those. Um, and there's a bunch of teams that don't have wins, but I'm not going over those. That's going to be way too many colleges to go over. Um, but number one is UCLA with 11 wins. Um, number two is Kentucky with eight wins. Uh, number three is North Carolina with six wins. Number four is a tie between Duke and Indiana with five wins. Number five is UConn with four wins. Um, number six is, uh, is a three-way tie between Louisville, Kansas, and Villanova, all with three wins. And then number seven is uh, a tie between Cincinnati, Florida, Michigan State, uh, NC State, Oklahoma State, and San Francisco with two wins. And then number eight's the big one with a bunch of teams tied there. Bear with me because this is going to be a lot. Um, it's going to be it's a tie between Arizona, Arkansas, Baylor, California, CCNY, Georgetown, Holy Cross. L, uh, L.A. Salle, however you say that, Loyola, uh, Chicago, Marquette, Maryland, Michigan, Ohio State, Oregon, UNLV, Stanford, Syracuse, UTEP, Utah, Virginia, Wisconsin, and even Wyoming, um, all with one win. Um, so far, nobody else has had any wins. Normally, you see like some of the big teams in, uh, with championships and stuff like that. But this is not the situation. This is basketball. So, we're going to head on now into the third and the final topic of today's episode, which is just our little goodbyes. Alrighty, we're now into the third and the final topic of today's episode. Um, 
and I don't know if you can hear the rain in the background, but it is pouring down rain here in Alabama as I'm making this episode. Um, hopefully it kind of dies off because, goodness gracious, it's coming down out there. But um, carrying on, um, <laughs> but um, so far my podcast has done very well. Um, I'm very happy to say that. Um, I'm getting more plays a day than I have in a while. Um, so I'm very, very happy with that. Um, I'm very happy with the progress that I'm making, and I'm really hoping y'all enjoy it. Um, listener support on my podcast is back. Um, if you want to make a monthly contribution um, to my podcast, you're very well, or <laughs> I'm not very well, but you're okay to do that. Let me see if I can pull it up for you here real quick. Um, if you go to, um, if you look up on my, uh, my podcast on Spotify or wherever um, you get your podcast, um, just go to the About page, whether it's on the top or the right-hand side. If you're on top, it's normally on top if you're, um, on your phone. It's going to be on the right side if you're on a computer. So basically, you click the See More on there, or it might already be there. Um, you click that link that says um, Anchor Support there. Um, it will pull up the link from uh, Anchor, which is the uh, the people I use to distribute my podcast, um, and it, it will pop up saying you can become a supporter. You could either do a ninety nine cent monthly contribution, four ninety nine contribution, or a ninety nine dollar contribution. Any will help if you do decide to do it, um, and then it will ask you about your um, your credit card information and all of that. Um, like I said, I would love for y'all to do that for me. But um, if you don't, I will still love you all the same. Um, nothing will change in that regard. And um, like I said, I really do hope to do it. But if you don't, it's not that big of a deal. But there is an easier way for you to give me money. <laughs> I know it sounds a little weird, but it, just bear with me. Um, I posted something on my Instagram not that long ago um, about the coloring pages. And I've, I've mentioned it a bunch of times. Um for any NFL, NHL, MLB, um, or any, like really anything that has a coloring page that's sports related, of course, um, I could color for you and it would be a dollar, 25 cents for a little history on the back of your, for, about your team, and then um, 75 cents for a page protector for you. Um, now, like I said, this is another thing you're saying, oh, it's just a coloring page, I can print it. No. Well, it's just something to help me out. You don't have to do it, but I would love if you if you did. That way, I can kind of show you one what I can do, and also so you can help me um, make this podcast bigger and better than what it is. Um, and in mentioning my Instagram, if you want to follow me on my Instagram, um, go to at jmocbc. That is at j m o c b c, or the Instagram for my podcast, which is at jmo underscore sports underscore podcast for all kind of updates of when the episodes go live and so on. Um, and then also if you like, want to give me a topic that you want to hear or maybe things I should change, things I should do better, um, things I should work on and whatnot, um, just send it all my way on my Instagram. And um, yeah, but that has been it for today's episode. Stay tuned till Saturday um, for Sports News Saturday. Um, but this has been JMO from the JMO Sports Podcast. And I'll see y'all Saturday.